listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Well, hi, fellas. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Atomic Geeks. I'm your host for this week's look into all that is geek, Andrew Bloom. Joining me are the regular cast of characters, fellas, if you will. Hey, hey, it's Michael Di Giovanni, and I'm drinking a Schneiderweiss in Toronto. Hey, hi there, it's Christian in Oakville, sitting in my basement, and I'm holding on to something that is cold as a mountain stream, smooth as its name, a big tall can of bush beer. Oh, God. <laughs> that wasn't an advertisement that's, at all. That's, that's what it says on the side of the can, I'm reading it right now. Uh, Mike Downs calling at you from uh, Halifax. I'm actually drinking some of my own homemade beer out of my keg fridge, which I built myself. Nice. What nice. exactly is it? What exactly is a Schneider Weiss? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, I was wondering about well, that. Well, Christian, is that a type of schnitzel? No, actually, that is a what we usually call a quality or good tasting beer, but it's also known as it's an it's a uh, German wheat beer. And probably more oh, than dollars. And it's tasty. So f- funny enough, my beer that I made, it's it's my vanilla blonde lager. It's like a Hefeweizen, right? Like a blonde. So similar region like actually too. Yes. I, uh, I'm i downing a delicious Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> hey. Um, for those of you who are paying attention, this is episode four. Uh, today we're going to discuss a little thing called guilty pleasures. Um. We had talked earlier in the week about guilty pleasures, and I was trying to define it and think about it. And it, it kind of hit me that there's more than one guilty pleasure that you might face in your life. Um, definition of a guilty pleasure is something you might enjoy or feel that you shouldn't enjoy, either for personal reasons or because the possibility of others' reactions. Um, while I was thinking about guilty pleasures, I realized talking with you guys, the four or the three other geeks, um, I have a totally different list of guilty pleasures than I would with my friends who I doing the air quotes right now, my sports friends, guys who like sports and things like that. Like it, it would be a guilty pleasure of mine to uh, explain to them that I would much rather watch a movie than watch the Super Bowl. But to you guys, I could talk about comics and all sorts of nerdy things all I want. I don't know if this is a compliment or not. <laughs> You know, you know what? You know what's funny though. I I, I totally hear what you're saying, Bloom. Because I was like, when I when I was building my list, I'm like, but to these guys, this stuff's really not that geeky or, or something you wouldn't tell somebody. You know what I mean? Like we're kind of we like things that are a little bit different than at least the the average. I would say. As how I would define guilty pleasure is something that you are aware that is universally bad or panned, but you still like it for some perverse reason. Yes. That is a very good description of it, yes. Or something that you just – you keep to yourself. That's it. You Like I might – or you hide it away in your memory somewhere because <laughs> like <laughs> I would keep it to myself and not tell anyone. But there's certain groups of friends that you could tell. Like I could tell and talk to you guys and say, hey, wow, I really like comic books. But if I was talking at work with fellow work people, that might not be something that I'd pull out in a conversation right away. Andrew, you got to bring these walls down, man. You got yeah, to let this stuff out. It, it, it's oh. funny because I'm I'm sitting here thinking I'd tell anyone all of this stuff because that's how I am. You don't. Yeah, you, well, that, was, you, that was that was one of my questions actually that I wanted to bring up is 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 whether is 
are comic books uh, a guilty pleasure or is it just that I haven't come to terms with the fact that you can walk around with comic books anywhere and read them being uh, 30 some odd years old? Well, for me personally, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll admit when I was like uh, 14, 15, 16, comic books were an absolutely guilty pleasure for me because essentially when I had to buy comic books as a kid, uh, I went, again, I've mentioned this before, I used to buy them at a store called The Smoker's Place, and when school was over, I used to freaking race down to this mall before all the other kids out of school would get there and get my comics and buy them and get out of there before anyone saw me, because then, of course, if I'm walking out with this big pile of comic books, I would have been like, look at you. I'm oh, hi, fellas! Even, hi, whoa! X-Men comic, where'd that come from? <laughs> but I'd be an even bigger nerd than I was already in high school. See, my, now my guilty pleasure of comic books would have come up probably in my 19, 20, 21 time when we were off at college and university. I would be, I would basically, when I had ladies over at the house, I would blame the uh, comic stash would be lying in my room on my roommate. Because usually opening lines that I collect comic books didn't go over so well with the fair sex. <laughs> Hello, would you like to come to my house? I have a bicycle. <laughs> It's I would have the new Iron Man. But I would do the same thing too. It's like you know you have to do the, do the old comic book check before you have someone over, you know. And only till you actually been with the girl for I don't I don't even want, for uh, you know a couple of dates, and you might realize, well, you know, I like comic books, <laughs> and, and, and see how that flies. But now, Andrew, to your point, I mean, here I am. I'm in my thirties, <clears throat> and I read comic books at the gym. I'll ride them on the. I'll read them on the stationary bike. I don't give a shit who sees anymore. So like, yeah, I'm out there, man, and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> See, I would read comic books before some of my other guilty pleasures that I was thinking of. For sure, like comic books to some people might be something that you wouldn't come straight out and talk to everyone about, like Chicago Comic Con 2006, whatever year we went. Um, but if I can, if I can do that, DJ. Can you, why don't you start with one of your guilty pleasures? Okay. Well, my w- one of my first guilty pleasures, it is a film. It's a little film that is known as Van Helsing. <laughs> Van Helsing came out in 2004, and it starred uh, Hugh Jackman as monster hunter Van Helsing. And <laughs> this movie was critically planned. And uh, also, I don't think it did super well uh, commercially. I think I've seen this movie. Th- I actually saw it in the theater. But uh, <laughs> you're the only one. Yes. Uh, and but I think I've seen it about 17 times oh my God. since. Wow. No, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But it, it shows up on TBS like every Sunday. So I think I've caught sections of it maybe about 14 times. Uh, Is that I, why you like it? Because it's always on and you've gotten used to it? Or did you like it right off the bat? No, you know what? I think I, I liked it right off the bat. This movie, I, I can tell you right now, is super cheesy, but it's totally up my alley, man. Like this is a uh, you know monster hunter guy that's – and in the movie amalgamates all of the classic movie uh, monsters. So it's like Frankenstein's in it and Dracula and the Wolfman. And even at the beginning, I think they have uh, uh, Mr. Hyde as well. So, I mean, it's like it's so that pulpy sort of like cheese that just I, I mean, I, I kind of digged. I mean, I, I know I remember it being panned that poorly because I probably liked it. All right. I know I saw it in the theater as well. I don't know if I absolutely loved it. 
Um, I don't, I don't think it was very well received. If I do remember very much, I don't think there were a lot of five stars and must see like uh, quotes being thrown around Van Helsing. Well, di- didn't it? Uh, weren't the weren't the uh, graphics really bad? I've seen it once, and I remember. I mean, the genre is right up my alley. I like that type of shit, but I, I mean, I didn't like it. As you're talking, I'm thinking League of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I kind of preferred more. Um, and I was just trying to think, what didn't I like about that? Were, were the were the computer graphics kind of shitty, or did they look well, kind of bad? Or, well, you know what the 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 Wolfman was not rendered very well, and the the actual take on all of the the monsters, like uh, Frankenstein, was sort of a very strange. Like he had like green glowing, uh, like you could see. Uh, wheels turning in his head and whatnot where dracula was the pretty you know sexy sultry dracula slicked back hair so he was pretty normal but i think the werewolf rendering was a bit cheap but uh but i mean dude you know my mask is not movie quality (laughs) but you know what downs you know what was cool in that and i which i i think you liked i one of my favorite parts of that movie was the uh the brides of dracula like the vampire bitches that were in that i love i yeah i like the vampire bitches (laughs) those those things were cool and the other thing as i'm just you know waxing poetic here on why i like this movie uh the other thing I like about it, it was one of those movies that I don't really know what you call it, but it's almost like they have uh, modern old stuff, if you know what I mean. You know, like mm. so he had like a uh, like a steak, like he still used a steak, but he had some sort of like steampunk version of like a steak gun. So everything right. was like it was in the past, but they had this sort of modern slant to it, which I kind of digged a little bit. It was done to a much lesser effect and really shitty effect. In uh, what was that movie with Will Smith? The uh, the Western. What was that one? Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Yeah, that movie. That was terrible. But they were trying to go for that sort of like old modern. Do you know what I mean? Like like James Bond gadgets, but back in the back in the day. Yeah. So I dig that stuff, man. I never I never saw I never saw the movie, but from what what I remember of the trailers and that, all I remember is he had that he had a big hat. Oh, a giant hat. And he had an awesome <laughs> mullet in it, too. <laughs> That's what Christian remembers. Speaking of, of James Bond, it reminds me of one of my guilty pleasures, and I'm probably going to get panned for this one, is I actually liked Roger Moore as James Bond. Okay, okay. So hold on. Let, let me jump in because Christian is going to probably be all over you on this. So before he gets this, I know. Chance, <laughs> oh, my, um, I, I actually – I have to agree with you a little bit. I think that's somewhat because of our age. I started yeah. watching and was was aware of James Bond just as Roger Moore became James Bond. Now I, I like Sean Connery, um, but at the time as a kid, I didn't like Sean Connery. Now no. go Christian. Hmm. So, hmm. You drink? caught me. You caught me. I'm sorry. You caught me mid sip uh, <laughs> of my brush for crying I'll do out loud. A, I'll do it for you, Christian. Since I'm so much older than everyone else, I remember Sean Connery. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think, for me personally, there's no argument that Sean Connery is the best Bond. I mean, not that I hate Roger Moore. It was always like, he just seemed like such a big pussy, for crying out loud. Like, he didn't seem like a really kind of, like, tough agent. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, he's only like, well, hello. I mean, I can suck face and shoot a little gun, but that's about about all I can do, for crying out loud. He was, he was a little frou-frou, wasn't he? He was like, campy. He was definitely campy. The most delicate of all the Bonds. Okay, yes. but, okay but so you just said the best Bond ever. I got to say, I think Daniel Craig is killing as as Bond. He, has, he definitely has potential 
Uh, it's kind of hard. It's with only two films into it. It's really hard to start claiming that he's the best Bond. But he has he's really a throwback to Sean Connery for sure. Like a no nonsense Bond, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I'll, and I'll add this in as well. This little nugget for me personally is that I think Timothy Dalton is an underrated Bond as well. I, I totally great. agree, man. The How Living many? Daylights is an underrated Bond film. That's true. Yep. How I many movies did? How many movies did he do? Two. Yeah, Timothy Dalton only did two. Yeah, and then and then Pierce Brosnan, he was all right, but I thought he felt I felt like he was more of a throwback to Roger Moore. Well, and, right. and you know what? Like it almost with that one to me, there was such a buildup, and then it kind of didn't deliver. You know what I mean? Like I I remember like when he was uh, uh, Remington Steele in the eighties, they were saying make him James Bond. It took twenty years for that to happen, and then when it when it did, I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of just like exactly what I thought it was going to be like, and not really that much better. You know what? I, I I agree. He is he is a lot closer to probably Roger Moore, but he didn't also really get handed great Bond material either. A lot of his Bond films, the Pierce Brosnan sort of era, they were shit. His villains were shit too. Like, what was one of his villains? Like a media mogul or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he had like Denise Richards as like a nuclear physicist or whatever that was. Yeah, that, that just doesn't happen. That, that that can't work at all. But I, oh, you know, I shit. do agree I mean, with Bounce wow. that uh, the reason why. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Bloom, but it's like Roger Moore was the Bond that the first Bond that I kind of uh, was aware of. He was in the theater. I think it was Octopus. He may have been the first one that I saw, and that was in the theaters. So that was my first taste of Bond. But now I do look back, and I'm like, it's practically like Austin Powers, his his version of James uh, of James Bond. It's almost yeah, it's a parody. Al- it's almost like that's what he based Austin Powers on. Um, but uh, same reason as Downs. Exactly the same reason. That's who I knew. That's what I, I didn't even know Sean Connery when I was a kid. Roger Moore was James Bond for me, and that was it. Um, let's get we'll get back to, to guilty pleasures, Christian. I I know you probably have more than we can imagine. <laughs> well, <laughs> Why did I say really? that out loud? Uh, oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll start off with an easy one. Uh, basically, this was. Uh, rated uh, the number was number nineteen on the uh, top twenty uh, worst comic book movies of all time, according to Entertainment Weekly, which is kind of surprising since it doesn't exactly qualify as a comic book movie. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, gives it thirty one percent. I'm speaking of the cinematic uh, opus that uh, you know as The Shadow, starring Alec Baldwin. Oh my God! That was I bad. love this movie. I tell what? you, you know. I love this movie. I love this movie. This this, this movie, like much like uh, Dijo and Van Helsing, if this movie's on, it's like I've got to watch it for at least a little bit. And here's I'm going I'm to go down reasons why. Great origin story, you know, an evil, <laughs> an American in Far East Asia who somehow becomes this uh, this basically this overlord and is, is, is essentially uh, converted by a young I guess Buddhist monk to the ways of of these mental powers to eventually become. The Shadow in the United States. He has secret organizations. He has rings, um, um, mind powers. I, I'm not explaining this well at all. Rings, rings. Oh, but the reason no, you like no, him because no, he has no, okay, rings. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> he has secret operatives, and they all have little, like little red ruby rings that you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but okay, but you're, you're, you're describing yeah. the the. 
the character of the shadow with, I mean, that's a long running character, but the, 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 I don't remember the movie executing any of this well, man. No, it was all right for crying out loud. I don't think any problem with it. I mean, he would do the whole kind of thing, you know, where he's at, a, at, the, at the, in the club, the dinner table, you know, and using his mind powers to sway people to his way and so on. I do I not remember this movie at all. Well, because I, I think it was in theaters for like I, four days. I can remember the trailers, I think, and that's about it. I, I'm Who played sure the villain in it, Christian? Uh, I don't know the guy's name specifically, but it's, his character essentially was uh, a descendant of uh, Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah, I do remember <laughs> this shit now. Penelope Ann, Khan. Pen- Penelope Ann Miller was in this, uh, and uh, Ian McKellen was in it. Um, it was, remember, I remember this, the villain was Bradley Khan. <laughs> so, sorry. That's right. The, yeah. <laughs> secret, secret operatives, secret passages, friggin' uh, a superhero with mental powers. I'm sorry, it was like it was right up my alley. I thought it was awesome. Oh, that's <laughs> right, a guilty. Dude. That is well, a guilty pleasure. Well, no, that, Van, that has, let's, that let's put this in perspective. I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now, and Van Helsing had 22. percent So I don't know how you can knock my movie. Okay, so hold on a <laughs> but second. It's fun. It was Shiwan Khan was the uh, bad guy's name oh in the movie. Oh, my God. And who was the actor that played him, Mr. Played Downs? John Lone, and there's no picture of him, so I don't think he's done a whole lot of the uh, movie since. I, I think he was in uh, Meatballs, The Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Downs, what do you got for us? Um, okay, so I'll stick with the movie since we're, uh, we're going on movies. I don't want to change gears uh, yet because this is going pretty fun, actually. So my uh, movie, oh, I meant to look up some deets on this beforehand, so I was ready. Uh, but it is uh, The Warriors, you know, the uh, mm. gang movie from like 1978 or 79? Yes. Uh, 1979, actually. I'm just going to uh, pay it on IMDb now. Um, I love this movie. If this movie's on, I cannot turn the channel. Um, and I'll tell you what, the, the, the ending part, when it was like, Warriors... Come out and play with the little glass things. Man, that kept me up at night as a kid. Like, I'm telling you, that movie changed my life they made, as a kid. Didn't they make a video game out of that movie? Yes, yeah, like they only did. like three years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It was okay. It was okay. That, that's what I was going to say because I think uh, people our generation really – remember this quite well like and but at the time i mean i don't think it was received well when it came out what was it was it the 80s downs 79 is when it came out yeah like i don't think it was received well at the time but now all of a sudden uh i think people have kind of it's aged and fermented well i think this movie in some people's minds like a cult classic type of yeah there were these two brothers twin brothers in my neighborhood Every friggin' year for Halloween, these guys dressed up as baseball. Was it baseball furies or baseball warriors? The, or something the, the, like that? the furies. I, I'm sorry, but I, I think that scene alone. I mean, to Mike's point, kids who saw this in in that time, uh, a gang dressed up as a bunch of baseball players with makeup stuff, kind of like gang meets kiss, almost meets sports. You know, like in in the early '80s, that shit hit home. I mean, I think you're right, Mike. I mean, it actually is kind of popular now. Ten years ago, if I would have said this movie was you know, one of my guilty pleasures, people would be like, the what? But, I mean, I think people have just, it's just gotten to be this, it's not that great. It's kind of like, um, when you watch it, it's, it's got that old look to it, like Escape from New York with Kurt Russell, also one of my favorites. But, again, that oh. would be considered a, I guess, a good, in, in this in this community anyways, a pretty good movie. You know what I mean? I tell you, I, I'm sorry. I love the, the I, you know what I loved about this movie? The whole concept of the movie. First of all, like the whole, 
uh, I guess all of New York, I'm assuming it's all of New York City, obviously, is basically controlled by gangs. But the yeah. best part of this fucking movie was that all these gangs had their own friggin' shtick and they had all great fucking names, too. Totally, totally. Well written. I mean, honestly, I, I guess maybe what, what made it resonate half decent was because the production value was not good, at the, even at the time. You know what I mean? This wasn't like Jaws or Star Wars, really. Um, but, I mean, all these different bands, the Mimes, the like the, the roller skate guys, the Lizzies, the lesbian gang. I mean, that was just awesome shit. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I agree. I did like that movie. And it's, it's interesting because uh, the late 70s, early 80s was sort of an interesting uh, – time of filmmaking because you can see now like the warriors and you also mentioned uh john carpenter's escape from new york like those are films now that you know influenced filmmakers like quentin tarantino oh totally so here we go the baseball furies the boppers the gramercy riffs the hi-hats the the hurricanes the jones street boys the orphans the rogues the saracens and it, it, these are the ones and the names I like. The Turnball, the Turnball ACs. This is just great. Turnball ACs. That Turn, okay? The, yeah. But I that, mean, okay. That 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 basically we now we have our band name. If we ever are going to make a band, that's the name. <laughs> that's, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the whole idea that these guys just go to this big uh, uh, rave. I don't know what you call it, a gathering of all these gangs and totally get wrongfully accused and like just the story of having to fight their way back. I mean, that was awesome. And they're they like, all communicate. They all communicate with each other through this one radio station where they all get all the news about the gangs and shit. Totally. They don't nasty. make movies like that anymore, man. No, you don't see that. No, they, anymore. no, they make remakes. Just, yeah, exactly. Or, no. So wait like, a minute. Quick question. The game. You didn't think the game was good, Christian. I thought that was quite successful. Was it not? No, no it was OK. I mean, I, I played it. it wasn't I didn't get really into it, but it was all right. I mean, I wasn't played it, it, I wasn't it like no, uh, I, can, I haven't actually it was played horrible. it. Well, wasn't it? Isn't it just the Grand Theft Auto engine and you're running around? I mean, there's so many. The problem is there's so many games when that engine came out that just did that. And, you know, the, the whole freeform walking around in a city can only you can only play that for so long. It doesn't matter what the backstory is. It yeah, was I, it was Rockstar that did that game, right? Yes, it was. It was Rockstar North from what I remember. Um, I never played it long enough to really get into it. I think I think actually Andrew and I played that, didn't we? Yeah. Oh no, I I played it. I remember it being weak as far as the controls go. You have like two types of punching and one kick, and that like it was it was a boring kind of game. Like it wasn't exciting, like um, Grand Theft Auto. It was just kind of a, a poor man's version of that. I think mm-hmm. it was probably just a nice reminder to people like Downs. Uh, to be able to see the characters and all the different gangs again and be able to play to be able to play them and sort of relive it. It was probably just a reintroduction of the film, probably in a certain respect. Right. Well, and, and I mean, uh, there's a there's a question. I mean, because they've done this for The Godfather again, almost 25 years later. Same engine even. Um, I played that. They did one with Scarface as well. And I, mean, I would wonder, totally off topic, you know, what is the how much money do they have to make to make a game like that? financially feasible to do you know what i mean like how many is it just listen this game's going to cost us a hundred thousand two hundred fifty thousand dollars to create but we can maybe sell if we sell this to to one out of five on every console is that are we at that point now where they can just put shit out and and you don't have to worry about it because there's that many people who are just going to pick it up to play it if yeah. you got a if you got a game that's called the godfather 
or like based on a, a pretty popular entertainment property, you pretty much made your money already. It's just how much more money can you make, really? It's a pretty clever uh, game strategy, though, right? Like, I mean, picking up on these old films that, in essence, never had the chance to have games adapted from them. And then also, in a way, I, I, I think Scarface, If I correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost like a... Uh, continuation of the Sequel. movie in, in a somewhat, is it not? Yeah, yeah what I happens a- is, is you, oh, sorry, I, I played it. Have you no, played go it ahead, well? Mike, go ahead. Well, so basically you you wake up and you don't die from the attack. Actually, they rewrite the ending in that you get hmm. away from the big, you know, uh, all the, the Colombian military, like the whole army coming to get you. you. You have to live through that. If you live through that, basically the next day you're still, you know, running your, actually, you've been wiped out and so you're rebuilding your business and, and but it's like the you know, the guy who dates your sister, you're driving the Cadillac, you can buy the Porsche. And to your point, Mike, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. You know, it's 25 years later and I can play Tony Montana, you know what I mean, and, and play this video game. It was all right. I've actually heard that uh, they're doing a, in essence, Ghostbusters 3. Yeah. As, as a, but they're continuing the saga as a video game. I've actually, I, I yes. read that and all like the, and I think Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and everyone is involved. Yep, the original cast is doing all the voices. That's coming out, and Godfather 2, the video game, is coming out as well. Oh, now see, that would be worth getting, just just because, it's sorry, what, Bloom, are you trying to get an, I, I'm kind of... No, I was, just about, I was just about to try to pull us back in towards Guilty, <laughs> right, pleasures, guilty but pleasures, video games are a little guilty, I guess. Um, <laughs> can I, do you mind if I pull, come on, like, pull us back to our no, topic those of are, the day? Yeah, you're, we, we probably should, those are whole other conversations for some other day. Godfather yes, 2 is supposed to be really good. <laughs> I cannot wait to play it. Wait a minute, let me get that in. I like the last word. It said in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> if I can, my, uh, my guilty pleasure, if I can, um, is not a movie, uh, but it is terribly embarrassing. Um, I have just finished reading the book Twilight. Of <laughs> Woman. <laughs> now... <laughs> If I can explain, please, before I get too many things thrown at me, um, this was recommended to me. This is I didn't really know what the heck was going on with the movie or any of the, the book or any of that stuff. Who, who recommended it to you, your eight-year-old niece? No. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, regardless of how I got the book, I got the book and decided a few months back – that I would read it after a few people read it and said, oh, this is good, not thinking in my head that the people who read it were females. So I open the book. I get to page three, and I've decided already this is a total chick book. Like this book is super, super chick book. It's written from the girl's perspective. Um, Yet I continue to read while beads of sweat pour down my forehead. (laughs) Now, (laughs) now. If if I if I can continue, I don't know if you guys know anything about the story, but it's a vampire love story, okay? Oh. Um, so I like vampires. Well, listen, Downs is now so buying this. So okay, wait. <laughs> I think you'll like this the concept, <laughs> anyways. So uh, let's put aside the fact that it's a girl book and it's about a, a girl in high school. At her high school uh, <laughs> is a a group or family of vampires. Now these vampires have decided that they can rise up and go beyond their uh, animal instincts, if you will, for drinking human blood. So they've risen above that. They, they drink uh, animal blood to survive, and they've amalgamated themselves in with humans. So they, the 17-year-old Edward, who's the 
star vampire goes to high school. I hear he's very dreamy. He's dreamy as all anything. And so anyways, can you let me know when I can ask questions? Cause I got questions. Oh, just hold on to your questions. And I, okay. and I, I mean, I've, I've got insults. So can we, I, I, <laughs> I can imagine there's a lot of insults coming, but it, if it, you'll, you'll understand why I continued reading the book and finished it. Uh, when I get to it, the, Vampires, or, or Stephanie Meyer, the, the writer, has, has a really cool concept for vampires. Number one, they can go out in sunlight. Number two, they can't be, they're not killed by like wooden stakes or holy water or any of that crap. Like it's described in the book that you have to basically rip them to shreds and burn every piece of them to kill uh, a vampire. You know, they've got the typical things like they're incredibly strong and certain ones have powers of like reading minds and, and this and that. And yes, of course, they're very good looking to attract their prey. Um, the concept of the story is that this kid or vampire boy who's, you know, 100 years old meets up with <laughs> – I know. I, just let me get through it. Meets up with this girl, this girl, Bella. I'm, I'm digging a hole for myself right now. I'm putting my dress on. Hold on. She's like his heroine, like her, her blood type or whatever it is to her, to him is like the most attractive smelling or whatever blood type there is. So it's really, really hard for him to stick to his oath of not killing humans. Um, and in the, throughout the whole thing, the two of them fall in love with each other. Oh, uh, it's so cute. Um, but anyways, the, and so like every minute for this guy is like, uh, hell because he's you know completely in love with the girl doesn't want to kill her but really really is attracted to the taste of her blood uh there's a lot of vampire fighting in it (laughs) which makes it good uh there's there's, go ahead just throw the insults now i might as well just sit back no i I have questions okay i have questions fine first of all okay because you've read the book and i haven't so i want i need i need answers here what if why is this fella who is a mortal Deciding to spend his immortal life in high school. Well, I think I can't. I, I have to speculate from just reading it. Is that when he was transformed into a vampire, he was seventeen. Yes. So he looks seventeen. So okay. if you're a seventeen-year-old, it's kind of hard to go out and say, "I'm going to go be a doctor, mofo." So it's sort you of know? his lot in life, and he's just making the go of it, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, so he's kind of trapped in a seventeen-year-old vampire. <laughs> body if you will so he's trapping himself in high school well christian what this is if i may explain it's sort of like the vampire big (laughs) (laughs) or no the backwards one 100 years of book reports and and exams and high school proms (laughs) how do i get out of this hell i can imagine that he doesn't always have to go to school you jackass but it's a, it's a way of fitting in and not trying to look like outcasts. You know what I mean? Like all the vampires in the story, other than this family, are scavengers and um, vagrants who roam across the countryside killing humans. Why doesn't he just hang out at the mall, for Christ's sakes? Well, he could do that. Well, you know what, Andrew? I, I will say, I mean, coming to your defense, I'm going to uh, – <laughs> I don't uh, – <laughs> the one thing is, obviously, we've all heard that how popular these books are. It's like they're claiming it. It's the new Harry Potter in terms of uh, readership and uh, fan fervor and whatnot. You know, the one when as you're describing that, I always like to hear when like writers 
uh, kind of try to add to the mythology of certain things. Like, And it's nice to see that someone is actually trying to rewrote things a little different from the Anne Rice version of Vampires, which we, which was the popular norm for a while. Yeah. I like the uh, – so, I mean, some of the elements that you're talking about are – do sound kind of cool, but uh, okay. It's still I, for <laughs> I was gonna say maybe you should ask, you should ask Downs, the, our, basically our resident expert on vampires, how he feels about. Well, I was gonna say. Okay, I know you. Before I get the insults and everything like that, let me explain how guilty I was for reading this book. Christian had a, you had that party at your house, and I took the train to to visit, mm-hmm. and I thought, what a perfect chance to read this book because I like to read books. I was too embarrassed to pull this out of my backpack to read it in public. And, of course, I was, I was sitting down. There's an attractive girl who sat next to me. I wasn't about to pull Twilight out of my book, and start, out of my book bag and start reading this thing uh, because of the fact that, like, I just I knew it was, a, it was a chick book. Like, and this is even before I got into the book and started reading it. And secondly, when I went to Mexico – I didn't even bother bringing it. Everyone was sitting around reading books going, hey, this is great. I'm reading my book. What are you doing, Andrew? I guess I'll just walk around because I'm not bringing that damn thing in public. He's got the pamphlet from the plane. Oh, so that's where the emergency exits are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let me jump in here. Um, Actually, I I I was joking about the insults. I mean, yeah, I don't know how you're a guy. So my my book after the... Grey's Anatomy comment, and now the Twilight, uh, uh, you know, profession. Anyways, um, I've read a lot of vampire literature, okay? I have a lot of vampire books. I have a lot of vampire DVDs. I even have a vampire tattoo. So I think, you know, as Christian says, I I tend to be a little bit of authority. And I I actually haven't seen the movie. I haven't read the book. My my problem is, is kind of, my problem is what was what Mike said, is that this is almost... So commercial, the commercial version of vampires is not even real anymore. Um, I would take Forty Days of Night or uh, True Blood. That was a horrible um, movie. Forty Days, Days of Night kicked ass. Man. That was a fucking awesome movie. I'm sorry if you're a fucking the- band of nomad vampires, you go to the to the uh, uh, Alaska and you attack a whole town, and that's fucking. That's what vampires do. That movie was do. laughable. But they sure as fuck it was would. Horrible. Hold on. They sure as fuck are not going to hang out at high school and pick up fucking 15 year olds, okay? These not, things have been fucking wandering the earth for 300 years and they're going to go and play fucking 90210? I don't think so, okay? Hey, I get it. I get, I get it, but I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying flat out that movie was terrible. Oh, that, that was, I, I disagree, man. Really? Con- did you open your eyes during the movie? Because it was probably, it, I was making jokes. Like, I almost left the theater. What are you talking? That that yeah, was such a the, the Josh Harnett movie, right? Yeah, man, that was a brilliant concept. That, that was it, awesome. it was so concept. Yes, but that film was executed well, man. Like that was I. I thought that movie yeah. kicked ass. I thought the concept of uh, you know, being in Alaska where there's constant nighttime. That's where vampires would would literally go crazy. Like that was that was. I thought that was you know amazing. I guess on a comic. No, but okay, but no, but not just the concept, man. There, there are shots in that movie where entire townsfolk are being attacked and being ripped to bloody pieces. That was fucking visually what you would expect. That was like I was like, was is this Rob Zombie directing this? This is a bunch of fucking vampires going crazy, blood everywhere, people being killed everywhere. Fucking Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino must have been creaming in their jeans when they watched this movie. I'm sorry. And the, the thing is, is both you guys talk about concepts and. 
shots in the movie. You know, the acting was horrible. The, no, the let, me, let me say something. Like it was a horrible movie. I will. I'm going to disagree with you. I, I am not a huge Josh Hartnett fan, but he was quite good in that film. So I completely disagree with you. I thought the I thought the, the lead, some of the vampires in it were really cool. I thought uh, Josh Hartnett was good for the role that he was given. I'm actually surprised that you say that that movie is that bad. Oh, I, I, I'm surprised how bad I thought it was. I didn't think Josh Hartnett was horrible in it, but everybody else uh, was was terrible. But I mean, you know what? They're, they're, you know what? You know what their job was was to act like fucking sheep to get slaughtered, like any horror movie. That that so that I didn't. What do you expect? An Oscar-winning performance by this bitch who's about to get killed in ten minutes? No, no. She's but I there can still to, not like the movie. But the, but the whole point is to get the whole point of this was to showcase these killer the guy who. Uh, the guy, he's in a bunch of different movies. That uh, the movie with uh, Justin Timberlake, where they kill the kid, he's in that too. Alpha um, Dog. Yeah, Alpha Dog. He's the guy who comes into town, who sets up the vampires to come in with all the dirty hair and the dirty face. That guy sold that role like nobody's fucking business. Andrew? I will say this. I just want. Sorry, this is a little side topic here. That uh, I believe that actor's name is Ben Foster. He is a really good actor because I just saw a, a Alpha Dog for the first time like a few days ago. Yeah, so did I. He kicks ass in that movie. He's like, great. It, he's real. He's a very good actor. But I'll I digress, and you may continue. <laughs> well, let's let's go back to what to the, what you're saying, Downs, about vampires. Okay. Okay. Well, well, so well, I mean, look at like there are movies like Near Dark. True Blood. I mean, that stuff is the stuff that is cool. This Harry Potter meets vampires to me is horrible and is like it's 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 made for 15 year old girls out there to go and sell a franchise to, of of books and movies to go to for the next 10 years, and that is. I, I I just I it goes against I, I, the years of Buffy that was amazing. Um, it goes against everything that is vampire in me, if you will. Okay, and I, I'm not disagreeing that this is a total franchise movie that is made for 15-year-old girls. I haven't seen the movie. I heard the movie is quite bad. Uh, but I'll, I'll say that I enjoyed the book, and I enjoyed the vampire parts in the book um, more than anything else. I like the concept of the fact that here's these these beings that can't be killed. That They don't have the same um, oh, a wooden steak or garlic or they're afraid of a cross. Uh, that that can't hurt them, so it makes them even more uh, uh, like killing machines. And the fact that they can go out in daylight, it's just that they would be noticeable because their skin glows or whatever it is um, in the book. <laughs> so that seems gay as fuck. I'm sorry. Now, Andrew, did you see the movie itself, or I did not see the movie. I just said that. Oh, Are you okay, excited so. about seeing it? I am not going to see the movie. I heard it's horrible, and I'm not sitting here saying that I love the love story in the book. What I'm saying is, is that I I like the vi- the vampire stuff in the book. There is some pretty good action near the end of it. It's not necessarily my favorite book I've ever written or or read. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I wrote it myself. Um, I'm just That's saying. That's why you like it so much. This fits perfectely into the concept of guilty pleasure. No, that's well, fine. That, no, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be so hard. I just, to me, it's it's against a lot of what I like about vampires. Um, yeah. I, I I didn't really like Anne Rice's most of her stuff either, to be honest. You know what I mean? Um, I, I felt that that Lewis, the Brad Pitt character from the movie, was a whiny bitch, much like Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. Um, and I, I don't really like that. I like the tougher uh, Lestat character, if you will. Um, and you know, who knows? Maybe I'll get totally bored on a desert island, and this book will wash up, and maybe I'll think it's good. But well, what little I, I know, so. what little I know about this book what, what, is this: is that the author 
is a Mormon housewife. And essentially, this whole concept for the novel for Twilight is basically kind of uh, uh, basically a metaphor for uh, sex Self- before marriage. Oh, I want to bite you so badly, but no, we can't. It would be awful. It would be awful. You know, da 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 da. Yeah, you know? and, and what they say a lot of girls, this is like, it, it, it tends to be like an, uh, an introduction to, to sex or something. They're saying that girls talk about this book uh, amongst themselves, and they all chat about it and knitter about it, and then they go off and read it by themselves in private. It's kind of like this opening and beginning of sexuality and, and, and things like that. Ooh, now Granted, this, now this, I like. <laughs> <laughs> now this, the, like this, that to me, that's not the part of the book that I enjoy. Is she a, a fantastic writer? She, it's okay. It's good. I, I liked it. I really liked the, the vampire parts. I will m- maybe read the second book. You will read the second book. For I've read it already. No, I was. Gonna, no, you will read the second book. I don't want you. Play, you, you are totally going to read it for crying out loud. I'll come I, I can tell you on guilty pleasures too. Yeah, but this is just <laughs> one of those books that makes me ask too many stupid questions. I kind of break down the whole mythos of the thing, and I'm like, what seventeen year old kid is going to friggin' like wait like who's lived for a hundred years is going to oh, say. It's going to let some 16-year-old girl say to him, no, don't bite me. I mean, forget that. I'll do what the hell I want, for Christ's sakes. I'm a fucking well, vampire. There's a whole other side to the to the story that I – that it's like the vampires who, who – against what probably Downs sees as vampires um, sort of spend their lives life. looking for someone to spend their life with, right? So – this is, it's took, taken him a hundred years and I can't say that I didn't think it was weird at times to go, this guy's a hundred and likes this girl, but hey, uh, if I'm 50 or 60 years old and an 18 year old girl likes me, yay. But well, anyway, if, I, if I'm a hundred year old man, I guess my, if I'm looking for a new girlfriend, high school would be a pretty good place to start maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, aside from, aside from that concept, it's like he's met his soulmate so to speak and and that also leads to this whole mormon concept of waiting till marriage and everything like that i get it it's cheesy i understand that that's why i'm not sitting there going this is a great book on a show that isn't dedicated to guilty pleasures so is there a ceremony they commit to so he can bite her he bites her in the face no (laughs) no that's it just just plain old no (laughs) so can I change the topic and move to someone else's guilty pleasure, please? DJ Randy, give me something. Help me out. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a uh, another movie, uh, Guilty Pleasure. Uh, this is a little movie that I'm not sure a lot of people saw, but I know one person on uh, this podcast did. It's a movie called Dirty Work, starring Norm MacDonald. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Don Rickles is in this movie. <laughs> What is it with you and Don Rickles? I read his memoir for crying out loud. Remember Does that my make you his son or his number one fan? No, like, I've just know. I've just read about him for crying out loud. My, my poops and picks and padooplings things a couple episodes ago. Anyways, enough about no, Don I, Rickles. What was this? Is this really a guilty pleasure? I thought this did did well, didn't it? No, no, I no, it. really didn't. No. No. I like that movie though. No, I'm saying I, I, it's funny because when uh, Christian and I actually saw this film together. And I honestly believe we were the only people in the theater. This is, you know, you there's always those uh, jokes where you say, "Oh, the movie was in and out of theaters in four days." Like this, legitimately, I think was one of those cases. Like uh, very few people saw it, but this movie is totally hilarious, and it's really a who's who of cameos are in this yeah. movie as oh, well. Uh, Chevy Chase is in this. Uh, 
Adam Sandler is in it, Chris Farley, and one of, honestly, in my opinion, one of his funniest on-screen appearances. This movie, and I will also say, I believe it still to this day holds a record for the amount of times the word whore is used in the movie. <laughs> but, oh, that, and you know what's funny? Uh, I, I'm not sure if you guys know this. Do you know Bob Saget directed that movie? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I did know that. That's where he is. That where, is this the movie? Oh no, is this the movie where he's in the support group? Where uh, oh, oh. well, this is the movie where Chris. <laughs> this is the movie oh. where Chris Chris Farley marries the uh, Chinese hooker who gnaws off. No, because remember there was a girl, a Saigon whore that bit off the tip of his nose. <laughs> whore. <laughs> no, Bob Saget was in Half Baked, and that's what he said. I also. Suck dick for coke for crying out loud! Just, yeah. just so, just so we can keep up with the Rotten Tomatoes uh, tomato meter. This got seventeen <laughs> percent. You know what? But this is a movie designed for critics to hate. I mean, this movie's literally critic proof. But it's it is. I mean, Norm Macdonald did not have a very long. Uh, film career at all i think this was almost one of his only ones that he ever did but norm mcdonald is hilarious his oh, delivery to me he's still one of my favorite uh of the news anchors on snl and history i think he's fantastic this but guy he- brings deadpan to a new fucking level man it's unbelievable yeah. oh yeah man and this, but this movie is well, it's it's one of those it's one of those comedies that it gets funnier the more you think about it and the more stories that you start talking about it because the uh, Adam Sandler as the devil and Gary uh, Gary Coleman is in it and everything yeah. it's just it's a truly bizarre film. Uh, who is who's the who plays his brother in it? The guy that's on Howard Artie Lang. Artie Lang. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Artie yeah. Lang. Yeah. And he's about like seventy five pounds lighter in the uh, movie than he is currently. <laughs> yeah, because Th- those it was guys all were ch- those guys are buddies. He's in uh, another one with him, isn't he? Well, you know, he actually uh, Artie Lang actually appeared in. Norm Macdonald did a a sitcom, and Artie was Lang was on that, I believe, as well. Was he? Right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah they were uh, buddies. Norm- they were. They did. They did a couple things together. I remember that for sure. Norm, uh, like he did that sitcom Norm, and Artie Lang was on that oh, show. Oh, right, you're right. Christ's sakes. So it was like Norm Macdonald sitting in Montreal, like crying in his beer, wondering what happened to his career, or what? <laughs> I wonder what he is probably doing. Probably doing something. He's probably making jokes at someone's expense right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and he did another movie too with friggin' uh, Dave Chappelle that went nowhere too, didn't he? What movie? Are, what movie was that? Okay, I'm going no, to I swear. DB. Yeah, no, he totally did. But they, no, Artie Lang talked about making this movie because uh, they, they filmed it all in Toronto, and how they always used to go and hang out at the friggin' Brass Rail all the time, which is a, a, a very popular strip uh, gentlemen's club in uh, the city of Toronto, and it's fairly well known. This is what uh, I like. I appreciate because uh, a lot of the uh, guys, like, I mean, I am not a fan of. Uh, Later career Adam Sandler, but I do appreciate his first couple films. I know everyone loves Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison and whatnot. I actually like the earlier films of comedians when they're actually almost making movies for themselves. That's exactly what, yeah. It's like they're they're making these films. I mean, they're very small budget and they don't get maybe they don't get a huge release, but they're almost doing it to entertain them. And they put all of their own friends uh, and colleagues in it. And then, you know, Adam Sandler. Uh, you know, started getting popular. He made some money. Now he's got to appeal to the masses. So a lot of his movies suck. 
But this this was a clear example of a film that I, it was so made for themselves. It's so bizarre, but it this movie is hilarious, man. Like I, I we and it's funny amongst guys and guys our age. If you mention uh, dirty work, uh, it's literally a not a, gu- a guilty pleasure because most guys think this movie is fucking hilarious. All right, but- Horace, come on, follow me. <laughs> I've got to go home and lift weights. <laughs> no, very, very funny movie. Uh, down since you had uh, so many things to say about my last one. Okay, well, yeah, here, here, you, here you go. Okay, so I'm going to set you up right now to totally have your way with me. Okay. Um, that, that come out with me. <laughs> it's a good thing you're in another province. <laughs> that sounded weird. Um, so uh, I am a, uh, and this is, I, I think this definitely breaks up there with, well, at least in this group, was a guilty pleasure. I'm a huge fan, and one of my all-time favorite shows is Coronation Street. Absolutely. <laughs> Hello, governor. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it Coronation Street? It's just like a soap opera with English-speaking people. Well, yes, I mean. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, English-accented. <laughs> No, you forgot one crucial element, drunk English people. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I did a bit of research on the, on the, on the show beforehand just because I figured I'm going to get a little bit of shit for it. So it's been on the air since 1960, almost 50 years. It's the long, well, that longest it, – what's that? That makes it better. Go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, apparently The Simpsons has the badge for the longest-running, you know, comedy uh, – animated show and you wouldn't balk at that so this is uh, also something that's to be noted um in 19 uh what year is it 80 fuck where did it go 84 more people watch coronation street than watched princess die and prince philip get married well that's a lot of fucking people no no there is i actually know a few people who watch this mostly older women my mother, um, like wa- my, my mother watch my, my mother watches the show. My mother yeah. watches the show. Okay, so what, well, the, do you well, like? The, what is it about the show that you like? Then? Well, I mean, so the thing is, is you know, my my family's British, so I I remember being a kid and hearing the music. And if you're not a fan, you don't know it, but it goes like wow, 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 wow. You know what I mean? Like it's this, it's the same. <laughs> it's been the same song for like the 49 years, and yeah. as a kid. I hated this show. I hated that I, you know, it, it, if it was a Sunday or whatever, my grandparents, my mom, you could not speak when Corey was on. And now I do the exact same thing to my kids. Like every day at 7 p.m., Coronation comes on CBC, and I'm like, um, you know, uh, hi, uh, Corey's on. Don't go to, go play quietly downstairs in the craft room because Corey's on. And you don't interrupt Coronation Street. And, I mean, I, it's damn good. <laughs> I, it's funny you mentioned the music because when my parents used to watch that, it was like Sunday mornings when they would watch. I was like, "What? No, hold on, a second. Sunday mornings it would be on, and that fucking music would come off from the TV downstairs in the living room. I'd be lying in bed, all of a sudden here, it's like, oh Christ, you know, it's like I must. It's either it's time for Coronation Street, fuck time to get up for Christ's sakes. But down, what 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 makes this show so compelling? Is it like okay. it's is it is it more routine for you now that you're just used to the characters um, and it's like revisiting old friends? Like sure, what is it? Sure. So um so the interesting thing is one guy has been on the show the entire time, right? So uh, that's pretty cool. When you when you when you think about it, 
No, he's not that old. <laughs> he, he started as quite a young guy, so now he's only, say, 60. He's not 80. Um, but, okay, so one, I, I work from home once in a while, right? And I, you know, I, I, I pop in the living room, and my wife might be watching uh, Days of Her Lives, I think, is the one she watches. Soap operas in North America suck ass, are laughable, you know what I mean? Like they have vampires in, in General Hospital or whatever, and they have, you know, horrible acting. It's laughable. Coronation Street, not so. It is a drama about a place in England that has some phenomenal acting, some really good storytelling, and you just you follow these people's lives and new characters come in and, 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 and that type of thing. But it's just to me it's the quintessential um, when I watch television, I, you know, I want to watch people I like that it's they're in from a different place. But at the end of the day, it's about life, struggles, we go through the same thing, some things make you feel good. I mean, there was an episode it's a good thing I'm married because as I would, say, I, I would never says, get a date after this show. But um, there's an episode where this guy, Mike um, Mike uh, Barlow, dies, uh, right? And he's been on the show since the beginning. Like, I watched that and literally bawled my head off. The storytelling oh, is so good. Um, you know, in, in it's just... I, I, honestly, I can't miss it. So what happens is, is they run it five days a week or four days a week, and then on Sunday they run all the episodes from that week over again. And I'll, I'll, I will guarantee you, if I'm not watching it during the week at 7 o'clock, you can't keep me from the television on Sunday to make sure I know what's happened. Even if there's nothing big going on, I just that is this is that good of a show. I watch these people. I care about what's going on in their lives, and it's it's fucking phenomenal and, and you know what it's I, funny because what i have heard about this show is that the people that like it like it a lot it's like there it's a very addictive program so uh and people get really really attached you're not sort of just a casual viewer of this program well and I, th- I think that's partly because it's on it's it's a it's a daily show in during the week and i mean it's not something that's on once a week and sometimes the stuff you care about when you watch the show are, are minuscule things about, I don't know, someone having a baby or whatever. It's everyday life, though. When you Most of these characters have been on for a while, so like I think it's the quintessential audience-relatable rela- show, also because it's been on for so long. So, like Again, some of these people have been born on the show, and now they're 20 years old, and you they're almost like friends. Honestly, I've been watching the show longer than I've been friends with you guys. Like When you think about that... So this show is your real best friend then? <laughs> well, when you guys are gone, I'll still have Coronation Street, so I guess the answer is yeah. <laughs> Probably will. The thing that I find funny about the British shows, they don't really care too much about good-looking people. <laughs> they just get – well, and not to, sound, not to sound evil when I say it. I just mean people are just average-looking people on the show like they or in whatever British-type TV shows, like not get, even getting into their teeth. Or anything. Just saying straight up, they take yeah. regular looking people where uh, a show like a Hollywood show or, or, or what we'd see on ABC or whatever, they have to be super attractive people or this and that. British people are just so normal, plain looking. They're actors. But I think that's the hook though, right? To what yeah. Downs is saying is that it's it's right. relatable. These exactly. are people that would be on your street, perhaps, if you lived on a street called Coronation. <laughs> there is actually a street in Sackville where I live called Coronation Street. And I was like, oh, my God, can we buy a house on Coronation Street? That would just be the coolest ever. And is, it Down- fi- is it filled with ugly British people? <laughs> that is not very nice at all. <laughs> I know. I'm 
<laughs> so down like uh I, you you really did explain your like why and why you like this show so much and I've really got no arguments to it but the only thing I have to say is you really can't say one more thing about Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. Allowed, you're not allowed to. I don't know. You they have. Van, they have a dead guy who's in a relationship. I don't know. Okay. So I guess the, the learning here for the kids listening at home is we all have our not quite cool uh, things we're into. Hey, and uh, we'll make fun of each other. But I guess at the end of this day, it's 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 all okay. He's waiting for like the going away music here. Is that like the after school message from the Atomic Geeks this week or what? Tonight on a very special Atomic Geeks. (laughs) When it all comes down to it, we're all a bunch of women anyway. I thought you loved me. (laughs) Okay. DJ or Christian, you got another one? Uh, Oh, Christ. Is it my turn? Well, it is now. I just said so. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, uh, I guess uh, continuing. Continuing in the, in the theme of emasculation, because <laughs> uh, that's basically what this topic is. Is essentially pretty, pretty it's, much. It's guilty pleasures. It's not guilty pleasures. Like, let's who is the biggest girl for crying out loud? <laughs> well, that's what and, I mean. If I'm like it, it, another element, if you had to say sort of a sub definition of what guilty pleasures is, is programs that you like that you are not the intended target for or the yeah, intended right. argu- audience. All right. So I mean. Uh, so basically, to turn uh, all the barbs in my direction, I'll say that I'm going to throw another movie in here. And this movie, I'm a big fan of as well. I bought it for my wife uh, for some Valentine's Day or something like that. And, and essentially, it was really because I wanted it as well. <laughs> and that uh, that and that movie is Notting Hill, starring oh Julia God. Roberts and Hugh Grant. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I don't know what it is about this That's- movie. I, but I, I love the shit out of this movie. If it's, Again, if it's on, it's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to watch this for the next hour and a half, for Christ's sakes. I hate, to, I hate to admit, Christian, but on my list is Notting Hill. And I was actually going to extend it now that I thought about it and you brought up Notting Hill. Probably just to Hugh Grant movies. He's one of those guilty pleasure type British actors. No, no, no. I, 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 I wouldn't go that far. No, no, no. I wouldn't go that far. At <laughs> oh, all. Well, you're you're in crazy. You are in crazy town. All right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've actually uh, never seen Notting Hill because that the day that I was going to watch it, I decided to jam a fork in my eye instead. So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it is. It is. I mean, despite you know, it is a, a romantic comedy. Um, I, I just the whole the whole concept of this you know s- stupid ass guy all of a sudden like it, awkwardly meeting this freaking uh, movie star and then getting a whole freaking relationship to you know bloom out of that. I don't know. Maybe it was kind of a dream of mine. Oh, I have no oh, idea. So is that the, is, is this the movie with Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts? She's the TV star. Yeah. Yeah. She's the and TV. movie star have... and. And Alec Baldwin is in this movie. I actually, you know, funny, as much as I was making fun of you jerks, I actually didn't mind this movie either, I don't think. Um, no, this, I, 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 actually... I, don't, I seen it once, and I couldn't tell you the name of it until you guys started saying it, but I didn't think this was bad. I actually liked, to your point, the the dynamic of some big movie star finding, like a bookstore owner in London to date, some hapless idiot, right? So actually, exactly. I didn't mind that. Yeah, I would say, DJ, pull the fork out of your eye. Rent the DVD and uh, and sit through it, and I, I I I challenge you to not actually like at least some of the concepts in it. There's actually some really cool filming in it. The like the cinematography in it is uh, like a small section is really really cool. Um, 
I like the story, and I'm kind of a big, big girl when it comes to those types of movies. <laughs> but because uh, I'll say, I even like, like I like that movie. I like that about a was it about a boy? That other Hugh Grant, just because I think Hugh Grant's pretty funny. You're just in love with Hugh Grant, is what I'm discovering. I, I, think. I asked him on a date, and he said no. Okay, wait a second though. I just want to go back to Notting Hill. Was it yeah. Hugh Grant who had the roommate who was yes. uh, the, cr- the crazy hilarious? Welshman? Yeah, the crazy Welshman. Totally yes. hilarious. Yeah, he's in. He's uh, very funny. Movie. He's very funny in the movie. He's in another soccer movie from the UK, I think, where he uh, he's quite funny uh, too. No, oh, he was me. in the replacements actually. Right. And in the replacements, he played the, oh, kick- the kicker. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Good call, Andrew Bloom. That's right. Yeah, he probably played this, this, the same character, almost identical. Yeah. But it was uh, it was in the replacements, which is a I can't say it's a guilty pleasure because I love uh, sports movies, which is one of those ones I don't think is a guilty pleasure. But I even like the replacements, like crappy ones like that. But I actually love any movie where they take the regular cast of people and, and like the sports and go we're gonna hire a bunch of like losers Miss- or new people i like that whole concept <laughs> major the, league major, major league. league love that movie yeah. when, when charlie sheen comes out to the end and they're chanting wild thing that is cinematic gold right there let me tell you <laughs> but that whole that whole trilogy kind of fell apart when scott uh, scott Bakula was he in the third one <laughs> yeah wasn't he in the second one I think it was the third. No, I think Charlie Sheen returned for the second one. Oh, okay. Was Whatever. Scott Bakula in the third one? Third through so. eight. Like <laughs> Wesley League Snipes 10. was in that eight. Wesley Snipes, he never came back, man. He was like one time. Forget it. I ain't doing that again. Willie Mays. Willie Mays Hayes. Hayes. <laughs> I love that but movie. The, Tom Berenger, yeah. Charlie Sheen, uh, Wesley Snipes. Come on. That's a damn good cast for an 80s movie. The, fir- the first Major League is good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I like those types of movies. And even Any Given Sunday, which is a, not a good movie by uh, any standards, it, it's got football in it. I go, okay, I kind of like that. It's just okay. automatically. Well, if we're talking if football got, movies, what do we got? Unnecessary rough or necessary roughness with Kathy Ireland. Scott yeah. Bakula was in that movie. <laughs> Let's it's talk all about Scott, Scott Bakula, Bakula all night. Actually, speaking of Scott Bakula, this was something I almost put on Mike. Uh, Guilty pleasures was Star uh, Star Trek Enterprise. I quite like that, which is I think. Uh, generally considered by most people out there the worst Star Trek uh, franchise ever. And to have buried pretty much the entire Star Trek franchise. I, I loved it. I thought it was... I, I only like, uh, if you want to know my Star Trek preferences, original Star Trek, New Generation, and Enterprise. Did not like Deep Space Nine. Did not like... Uh, Voyager. Voyager. I loved Enterprise. I thought that, that time period of just being out on the edge of when they're first starting to explore galaxies and stuff. Awesome time period. I, I thought that show kicked ass. Major yeah. League, back to the minors. That was the third one that Scott Bakula was in. <laughs> Wasn't he in? What was that? What was that? That show, the future and uh, past. The, Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Oh, oh, my God. I've been thinking about that show for the last two it's... weeks. Because we were. Because we were talking about time travel or something about the a couple episodes ago, and I've been thinking about fucking Quantum Leap. Why isn't that show? Why can I find that show on television it's on, somewhere? It is on TV. It's yeah, on. It's, uh, it's on DVD. Oh crap! I can't. They remember have to have Quantum Leap on DVD. And you know what other show? Another show I was thinking of was Sliders. I want to see yes. that show again, man. Ultimate I, I only caught that later in the season too. You know what I like to do now? I'm all about downloading entire TV shows and watching two or three seasons. I download shows now that I've that that were on HBO that I never got to see or that were on for whatever reason. And I'll tell you yeah. that I don't even watch live TV hardly anymore at all. I'll download what's new, but I, I'll download yeah. entire series of shows and watch them. I think that's that's, that's the shit. 
One of my favorite, if we're on the topic of uh, time travel shows, one of my favorites of all time was Voyagers. Does anyone remember that? Yes. Voyagers, the two, yes. The John, two guys, Eric, John and, Eric Hexum, the first star of that movie, who essentially took a, a revolver filled with blanks, put it to his head, pulled the trigger, and killed himself. While he was shooting Models, Inc. That's yeah, what they show. John Eric Hexum. And he, Thanks, you know Christian who was in that? Totally the little kid in it was Mino Paluzzi, and yeah. that is... Punky Brewster's brother. Yeah, and he's a teacher in Hollywood High School. <laughs> and that's the trivial pursuit answer portion of the Atomic Geeks for today. <laughs> wow. Now, that show was so cool, though. They had that little stopwatch that when they landed yes. in uh, certain time periods, it had, like, the red light when things were wrong, and then they had to fix shit, and then it turned green. That was green. awesome. I love that show. <laughs> Matthew, I'm necessary. I'm necessary rush. Necessary roughness with Scott Bakula. They just might be the biggest bunch of losers that ever became winners. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Downs will watch that movie. <laughs> well, spe- Downs, you were talking about downloading stuff. I know we're kind of all over the place right now with topics, but it, it relates to the sports as well as I had just been watching Friday Night Lights. I downloaded that and watched it. Another sports show. It's all about high school football down in Texas. But it also is kind of like Melrose Place or 90210. <laughs> it's supposed to be a good show, I heard. It's a great show. I, I really like that show. Is that still and on? It's, it's, it, it, yeah, it left. It, it did two seasons on regular television, then left and went to um, some cable T, show. Like, some I think it's TNT almost... or something like that. Some or yeah. I can't remember. What it's it was. on it was like, like I, I think it's a satellite program. Like I think it's actually on DirecTV's channel. Yeah, you're right. And now you can. You, it's coming back on regular television. Uh, season three, but you can download the entire season three right now, uh, all the way up to the finale, and it's you. You can watch it all at once. It's it's actually really good. Hey, I uh, have an actually another uh, guilty good. pleasure, uh, just to change gears a little bit because we've covered uh, you know movies and TVs and books and whatnot. I'm actually going to throw out a guilty pleasure of a comic book, uh, and my guilty pleasure is one of the original Image comic books. From the 1990s, and that would be Rob Liefeld's Young Blood. Young Blood. Uh, <laughs> that's that, says. that comic burned me so well. Not the comic itself burned me so bad. I remember when that first uh, comic came out in the stores, and that was when I was in my friggin' uh, basically I'll buy anything that's basically in front of me stages. And the the fuckers at this comic book store that I used to go to because it was a dual cover. It had a different cover. It had a cover on the back and it had a cover on the front. So they just put it on the display where one cover was facing you know, one way and the other cover was facing the other way. And I thought it were like two different issues. And I picked them both up and bought them and realized I'd bought the same fucking comic book for crying out loud. <laughs> that was so indicative of that time, though, with all the multiple covers and you know, little enhancements, foil covers and whatnot. But if I may explain, uh, in my own defense, for uh, Youngblood, I am – Completely in agreement that Rob Liefeld is a uh, really poor artist. He cannot draw anatomy to save his life. No. But what uh, what I will say about Youngblood is the concept, and I do believe it was a bit ahead of its time. Uh, you know, what Youngblood did, which a lot of comic books now have kind of glommed onto, which maybe, let's say, some of the other popular comics, like let's say The Authority or and even uh, The Ultimates, is that this concept of, superheroes as celebrities 
And the uh, Youngblood really was the first uh, comic book to create and present this sort of idea. So it really was a bit before its time. But and the other thing about the comic, too, is if it's I mean, I don't think the comic has ever reached uh, 25 issues. It's literally uh, start, stop, start, stop over the last like 11, 12 years. But it's amazing the amount of talent that has actually worked on this series out uh, sort of post Liefeld because he he did create he's credited as creating the characters. But like Alan Moore actually wrote. Youngblood issues, if you can believe it. Alan Moore, creator of uh, Watchmen. Uh, and his he only did a few, but they I were fantastic. I, I think I have those. They're really good. And it's actually, there is a new Youngblood series that's out right now, and it's written by Joe Casey. And it's, it's once again, it's, it, it's quite good. And, it's a, and I, also, I do get teased by some of my uh, comic pals, as I'll call them, <laughs> whenever I pull out uh, Youngblood. But I, I do. I think there's uh, some merit in the actual concept. And uh, and there is some routine now just because I've been buying it for the better part of 12 or 13 years. To be honest, I, I have remained somewhat loyal in uh, my tastes with some of the image comics. I know that early beginning, and I'm sure Mike and uh, Christian can attest to this, the beginning of uh, image comics was a bit dreary uh, in terms of their output. That's probably an understatement. Uh, yeah, how, well, how, how many uh, first issues do you have that are Image Comics that never saw uh, an issue too? I, <laughs> I have a few. Well, that company that company made a shitload of cash, basically based on creator names alone. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, freaking, they could have put it out. You know, blah blah blah's Paper Bag Warrior, and that would have fucking made a million dollars for them at the time. I mean, there there's a comics like what uh, Dave Keown's, what the Max is on maybe issue three, thirty years later. I mean, we're talking like. Well, that was Sam Keith's The Max, but right. you know you're right. Yeah, you're right. you're totally right though. I mean, it was it was a terrible time for comics, but it's amazing. There's a few of them that are still out. I'm still kind of loyal to Savage Dragon. Uh, they're still putting Wildcats out. I mean, I think that's like on volumes. 14 or whatever the hell it is uh and i still do believe the authority is one of the best things to come out of that uh that publishing company but i i you know i i stick to it i'm still buying young blood and i think the uh it's a bit ahead of its time but the uh the concept works is it a reboot or is it actually con- is there actually continuity that they're still continuing well you know they have rebooted it but uh, uh the writer is touching on elements from kind of all period he's really uh picking up elements from Alan Moore's I mean who wouldn't follow exactly. Alan Moore's ideas but uh he is going back to if to if anyone actually did read uh the first bit of shit that he did uh that he is actually picking up on some of the old concepts. So to longtime readers, it, it, it it's a little rewarding. Oh. <laughs> like Michael DiGiovanni. Yeah. And the six other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we're getting close to our time, but what I wanted to do before we do our atomic picks for the week um, is since it sounds like we all kind of made lists, maybe we go around the table uh, starting with Mr. Downs, you can just read what's off on your on your list, so we can get them all out there and maybe throw some jokes at you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I've got a couple categories. So a, a TV, we've already talked about my love affair with Coronation Street. Um, Iron Chef, uh, I love the original Iron Chef, um, not the U.S. remake that's out right now. I think that's quite gay, but um, the original one was awesome. Um, another one that I was actually shocked was on the 25 list of worst television shows ever, Hogan's Heroes. I love that show. Uh, oh from... my god! But you, you understand? I mean, you understand the concept of the freaking show, though, right? 
What do you mean? I understand the concept. I watched every episode. Of course, I I know. What I know. It's it's just funny now that that's a show that could never be made today, ever. You know what I mean? A well, comedy I mean, about well, a prison camp. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it took place in a time when there, you know, we were in a different place. I mean, maybe we'll we'll get there again. But politically correctness was not such a concern no, yeah. when that show was out. Um, another exactly. big, another show I liked, which I, I think critically was totally panned, was the Joey spinoff from Friends. Oh my God! No, I didn't. <laughs> I, wa- I watched it. I can't say it was great, but I it wasn't bad. I, I, I like Joey. Especially though. near the end, I thought it was getting quite half decent, and then they went and canceled it, and I was like, oh. Friends, you know, didn't, friends didn't happen overnight. I think that's a lot of the problem with television ch- series is now. They expect a, a hit immediately. Friends took that first season. You go back and watch that now. It's pretty bad. I mean, it takes a season or two to find their stride, and they didn't really give Joey that, that amount of time. Afraid of Boy, bugs? I, Get I a bug. If there's anybody on that freaking show that was gonna take take a bite of the big money cookie for the for the for the show after Friends, it was gonna be him for crying out loud. For sure. Well, and then the funny thing is, a lot of those guys on Friends were all on other shows beforehand that never made it. Right? They kind of threw them all together, and then Friends was this huge hit. Okay, so uh, jump into movies. I'll just try and get through them quick. Uh, after Warriors, I had DC Cab with Mr. T. Awesome, <laughs> great movie. I love great that movie. movie. Is yeah, it a um, great movie though? When was the last time you saw that movie? When I right. saw it, it was great. That's all. When that was it? No, ten years ago was the last time you saw that movie because it's not on TV. Ten, ten. It was probably twenty years ago I saw that movie. So wait a second, Jeez. DJO. Do you know the name of the twin guys, the muscle-bound guys? Would you know them? If anyone would know, you would know the Barbarian Brothers. Oh, Christian knows yes. the Barbarian Brothers. That was hilarious. I love those dudes. Um, I was gonna say huge E guys. Another one that I, I'm surprised, and it might be on Mike DiGiovanni's list, is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I oh. saw that in the theater twice. <laughs> Love Elvira. Um, I've already mentioned. She has those hands. She's got those white, milky hands. Um, uh, another one I've already mentioned on a previous podcast was The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Um, again, of the three that are out there, I think this is the best one. Okay, um, you can't possibly like that. I do like that, and I also like I Come in Peace, the other movie right after that with Dolph Lundgren. But you know what? Aliens. You go in pieces, buddy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I thought Dolph Lundgren did a half-decent job as Frank Castle. Yeah. He didn't talk a lot. He killed a bunch of people. I thought that's what that guy was there to uh, do. You know what? If, if anybody I should remember that movie, I don't I, – all I remember that movie, I think, is Lou Gossett Jr. is in it, isn't he? Is he? No one knows. Oh, you don't even fucking remember, for Christ's sake. I remember more up. than you guys. Someone looked that anyway, up. Anyway, go okay, ahead. Go okay, ahead. so the, I had another category, which I thought this could, could totally derail us, but I had a category <laughs> of YouTube videos, which is like things that I go onto YouTube for and I watch that are kind of guilty uh, pleasures, and I got 300 of that. So the first one is, um, you guys would know this, but I'm a huge hair metal fan. So I go and I watch music videos from, like, 1984 on YouTube for, like, Kicks and Faster Pussycat and L.A. Guns all the time. I have playlists in YouTube that I put those videos on. Um, I like the, the big Lewis, hair metal. Lewis Gossett Jr. played the character Jack Berkowitz. So apparently, I guess he's of Jewish faith or something, I'm assuming, <laughs> named Berkowitz. Really? Uh, and the, the tagline of the movie was, if society won't punish the guilty, he will. <laughs> and he did. Um, okay, uh, just wrapping up my list here. Um, the other thing, the two other things I like to do on, on YouTube, One, uh, the second is to go and watch um, uh, musical intros for TV shows from the 80s, like cartoons. So I'll go watch them play the Thundercats theme 
and the GI Joe theme, and all, and the Voltron theme. Because I that's love horrible. That. Who, who does that? Nobody does that for Christ's sake. Well, is that okay? I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. Is that okay? Christian and I, Christian and I did that like uh, two weeks at work. Like a whole day of us basically sending back 80s links to 80s cartoons all day long. <laughs> Gary could, Coleman cartoon show. That could make a whole episode unto itself. In fact. Much. Well, and, and when there you talk, you got your sitcoms, you got different strokes, you got silver spoons, you got all those things. The other thing yeah, I do those, uh, those quite often on YouTube is I go and I watch 1980s wrestling from WWF. I watch interviews with people like Macho Man and Million Dollar Man and, and laugh and, and enjoy the. <laughs> <old> Jeez, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you were so well prepared for tonight's show. Fucking, I wasn't even prepared at all compared to you. I was. For crying do you have, a, I, I do you have anything else? Atomic Geek and Atomic Geek. Do you have anything else? Or do you have anything else on your list, Downs? No, that's it for me. Christian, wow. do you have anything? Honestly, the last thing I had, and I wasn't even sure I should even mention it, uh, was the again was the TV show Chuck. I mean, but I mean, and after doing a bit of research, I mean, it's actually quite a critically acclaimed show. So it's not exactly really a guilty pleasure, although it is a freaking awesome show. <laughs> okay, DJ, do you have anything left on your list? <laughs> yeah, I've got. What's a, so I've... funny? What's, what's so funny about that? <laughs> Well, no, I've actually heard quite quite uh, uh, good things about it. I've never ch- checked it out, so I mean, I I couldn't comment whether it's a. a well, then I recommend out. everyone check it out now for two weeks in a row. <laughs> Shut up. I've got a couple other movies. Uh, one would be uh, Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dread. Oh I, God! <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I I, I like that movie. I don't know why. I'm no, you terrib- don't. I do, man. I'm, no. I'm telling you, I do not think it's that bad. I kind of, I. It, it's... Yeah, but you've never read the comic book, though. Yes, I have. Well, then, how can you like the fucking movie? Well, I mean, okay, it's it's terribly done, but I just still kind of like the movie. Get off. Okay, my okay. Here's a question: Is Wesley Snipes' Demolition Man better than Judge Dredd? No, no, because uh, Demolition Man, the action sequences in that are just fucking terrible. I actually no, like. No, I, okay, I, I, so I would argue I like Demolition Man way better than Judge Dredd. I totally do as well. I love their freaking version of the future where all the freaking restaurants are Taco Bell. And Taco all. I Bell? Love yeah. yeah. Dennis yeah. Leary was awesome in that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a good movie. Another movie of mine would be uh, uh, an old 80s uh, favorite, uh, The Beastmaster. Oh, stolen from, straight from my list. <laughs> uh, I got a story about that movie. We were watching that movie once, and what's his name? Was it Mark Singer who was the act, uh, the star of Oh, that? it, was, it yes. was the Mark Singer, yes. The Mark Singer. And I remember we were watching that in, 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 in our living room, and my mother walked in. She goes, oh, my goodness. He has a pretty fantastic body, that Mark Singer. <laughs> it's like, oh, Thanks, and, Mom. And he's got ferrets. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's got furry friends. Uh, and that's that it, it for me. No, it. wait. Okay, hold on a second. I, I don't want to call. I don't want to call DJ out. But there's nothing else. There's no TV shows <laughs> at all that you want to confess oh. about at all. Okay. I mean, well, I have one. Well, I have multiple. But I will bring <laughs> up one guilty pleasure of a TV show. It's yeah. a reality show we like to call Paradise Hotel. Oh, God. Oh, I remember that. This is the most ridiculous reality show. To this day, they've done two seasons of it. To this day, I still don't actually know what the concept of it is. They put a bunch of singles in a a hotel. They've got to get – from what I can gather, they need to basically get a roommate. And if you don't have a roommate, you're kicked out. This is the one reality show where they never tell you – what the prize is. They just go, <laughs> the ultimate prize. 
but you never find out what it is. It's like I think the producers are still trying to secure some sort of prize <laughs> midway filming of it. But it it's is a, it's a 1964 Pontiac Geo. <laughs> <laughs> like they just have nothing to. I I remember I. Sorry to cut you off with my stupid joke, but I remember that too because you'd be sitting there wondering, what is this prize? I think the prize, they just keep putting it off until the show gets canceled. <laughs> it's wait the... a second. Wait, wait a second. What, this, the only show that's worse than this is the one of uh, people who are actually in couples and they go off to an island and they Temptation Island. That, that is the only awesome. show that's worse than this. Temptation Island. They didn't. Fox never brought that back. But man, that show was great. I uh, the, <laughs> I knew you loved this show. Oh man, that, that was a dirty, dirty show, man. Boobies. <laughs> no, it's just basic. If you go on that show, as if you're a boyfriend, your girlfriend's on the other island. It's basically don't do shit. Just sit there and shut your mouth because they freaking filmed everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was the actual the concept of that program. I mean, was terrible. Like, let's just bang, basically dangle carrots, excuse yes. the pun, in front of people <laughs> and just say, please, like, hey, you want to test your relationship? Why don't we go and send you off to a Caribbean island where you can sit with 21 uh, uh, women who are basically being paid to want to fool around with you? And here is 500 gallons of alcohol. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Good luck, stupid. Just to make it worse. <laughs> Get drunk right. and make your decisions. <laughs> Recently kicked out of the convent. Here's Misty. <laughs> See, how can you tell me you don't want to watch a show like that? Well, oh, I watched I every episode. <laughs> so, Bloom, what I, about you? Do you have any left on uh, your list? I did have Beastmaster on my list, funny enough. Uh, and I had two musical uh, uh, guilty pleasures. <clears throat> Get Waiting for Downs to jump on me for this one. But um, I have to say I was a fan of Duran Duran. Hey man, that's not a guilty pleasure, dude. Yes, that yeah, is. It if you're is a guy, for a guy. It is for a guy. guy. Like I, don't I mean, think I it is, up. man. I, I, I think it, you're you're saying that now. Looking back, I mean, granted, they were they, they were a band of the early '80s, but they've uh, they they have uh, basically they were, influenced. They were, uh, they've influenced a lot of the music that's yeah. currently. Uh, current my my, my little brother yeah. was a fan of the band back in the day, and he wasn't he wasn't ashamed of it. Exactly. I rest my case. No, just you kidding. know, it, 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 okay, if I bring up a guilty pleasure, if I don't bring up a guilty pleasure, it doesn't matter. I'm getting burned. So, um, And then one that I is I don't think I've told anyone uh, until this day, and of course I'm putting it on, uh, on the podcast, is the song Six Feet from the Edge by Creed of all bands. Oh, wow. come on. <laughs> I hate to admit it. I kind of like that song. That I don't, band is horrible. I don't. I don't I know how. Sh- I, don't, I don't know shit about music. How does that one go? Well, just imagine a guy trying to sing like Cher and just contrived lyrics, and there you go. You're done. <laughs> I think Andrew was kicked out of the podcast for all of his uh, uncool uh, admittance on this uh, podcast. He needs to be. Yeah. Uh, well, I lived up to the lived up to the uh, to the episode. For uh, guilty pleasures, I think I can go and cry in the dark by myself. Okay, now that we've gone through our lists, um, let's do our atomic picks for the day. We'll go in the uh, the same order we introduced ourselves, if you can remember. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, then we'll start with you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you put me on the spot. I don't have a pick. No, I do have a pick. Um, uh, again, it's another memoir, and in, in my series of uh, memoir kick, I seem to be on uh, these l- this last month or so. Uh, it's called "Gasping for Airtime: 
Uh, it's a book by Jay Moore, basically chronicling his two years at Saturday Night Live and and his impressions of that experience. Okay, uh, Downs. Uh, okay, I got two picks this week. So I've uh, I, I've been following this uh, UK hooligan gangster thread on movies. And uh, so I've been watching things like Lockstock and, and Snatch and those types of things. And so two of the movies I've seen uh, while I've been going through all these. One was called Layer Cake, which has got Daniel Craig in it as a gangster. Great, great movie. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. Both of these are, are, are kind of old, but um, really good movie. I'd never seen it before, and it really blew me away. The uh, other one is called Green Street Hooligans in Canada and U.S., I believe. And it's about uh, soccer hooligans and uh, kind of getting into the whole uh, Green Street Hooligans is about uh, Elijah Wood, Frodo, uh, as an American, goes to visit some family in London and gets wrapped up in this whole lifestyle of these guys who go out every Sunday and get drunk and go get in fights about about uh, football. And it actually stars um, Charlie Hunan, who's in one of my all-time new favorite shows, Sons of Anarchy, the, uh, the motorcycle uh biker show that i love 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 so um yeah check out uh layer cake and green street hooligans both on uh, dvd now cool uh dj uh, i've got a few picks uh first is i just recently saw the movie Coraline, and it is fantastic uh the stop motion work in this film is dynamite if you get a chance to go see it in the theaters i highly recommend it uh, I've also got a pick for a new action figure that now is sitting in my office. I just recently got The Dude from Babowski. Uh, oh. This is an amazing action figure. He comes complete with his little carpet and a white Russian. Nice. Very, very cool. <laughs> That's cool. And finally, my, uh, my third pick is a comic book that I recently picked up. The third uh, issue of The Legion of Three Worlds. It has been incredibly delayed but it is very well worth the wait uh if you are a fan of uh dc continuity uh, and or also big crisis like events i highly recommend this uh george perez is banging this book out even after 25 uh, odd years he's still kicking ass and showing everybody else how it is done and it is penned by my uh, good friend jeff johns this is uh, an amazing story and it's uh, really turning into something special and it is a lot better than another final crisis series that came out but we won't get into that but I do recommend, if you get a chance, pick up the first three issues of Legion of Three Worlds. It is a hell of a read. Okay, and uh, I've, got, I've got a pick, just one pick this week. And it's actually uh, a movie from 1998 uh, that I'm sure everyone has watched here. It's uh, Out of Sight. Not, mm. a, not a new thing, not, a, not something that maybe a, a lot of people have heard. Because I talked to a lot of people, they haven't heard of this movie um, it's got George Clooney, Don Cheadle, J-Lo, Ving Rhames, and Steve Zahn, and probably one of the funniest characters he's ever played, uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. If you have not seen it, you must rent or buy this movie right now and watch it. I don't know why that movie was not as big as it should have been. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. It was fucking fantastic. I would agree. I think that's, that is easily in my top five films of all time, and it is clearly George Clooney's best movie. I love that I, movie. I, I totally agree. In in my top ten, absolutely out of sight. One of my favorite movies. Totally under, totally underrated movie. Totally just missed by fucking everyone. This yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. 
Good call, Great. Andrew, actually. Okay. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, everyone. For more Atomic Geek goodness, visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Listen to our other casts on iTunes. And now you can scratch that geek itch on our new Facebook group. Night. You've just listened to another episode of The Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom. Title track by Don't Look Down. <laughs>